1: Um, okay, let's. Uh, ha- uh, I think we've got the panelists here, have we, this morning? We, we have thumbs up uh, from Ricardo. So let's get uh, stuck into the panel this morning. Uh, we welcome uh, onto the show Hamish Bidwell and Ross Cole, uh, both regulars. And uh, Ross Cole, we were just talking uh, about timings for rugby. Of course, a little bit late. The kickoff between the All Blacks and uh, Argentina's pushed back to 7:45 this Saturday night, Ross, because Sky has got a veritable bonanza of international rugby uh, preceding that.
2: Uh, it's been crazy. International rugby, domestic rugby. I think we had 18 games on the weekend. There is a mm. lot of footy to watch if you like. And of course, it's all live on Sky, whether it's FPC, NPC, International. You just set the My Sky if you can't catch up.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's uh, it is it's almost crazy, but it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Hamish Bidwell, good morning to you. Uh, where does it uh, sit for you uh, with uh, Tauwera Kerbalo now saying he wants to play for the Wallabies? He's ready if uh, he gets the phone call straight away. Do you sit OK with you?
2: Look,
1: I
0: hope you can hear me. Um, I'm isolating with COVID in the part of the house I'm hiding in and doesn't have great phone reception. So, uh, you, are good? Um, good. Good. <laughs> You're totally in of it. I think anything that can make Test Rugby more competitive. Um, if I could use cricket as an analogy, we're going to have two or three Test Nations playing cricket, and that's no good. Um, rugby League, we have a thing with State of Origin. We were obsessed about making people available for Queensland and New South Wales to the detriment of Test Rugby League. Like, the more rugby can do to make itself a global game, with the more competitive nations, the better. Uh, that's a real advantage for them on the actual sporting landscape. So I would implore Uh, applaud anything that put better players and better teams and gave us more content to watch and more uh, contests that were uncertain.
1: Okay. Ross, where do you sit with that?
2: Well, I don't think that the Wallabies actually need another halfback. I think that they've got great halfbacks already. (laughs) Um, So I'm not sure whether he really um, is required but what I like about this is it's, it's funny because whenever you create a rule, someone finds a loophole in the rule, right? And the rule was made to help out the 2nd nations to make sure the island nations got their superstars were unavailable and all those kind of things. But, of course, at some point, one of the major nations is going to come out with a loophole and bring someone from somewhere else and a player who played against them in a World Cup final, no less. Um, I I think it's amazing and, you know, it's not what it's set up for, but good on them for looking at the rule and how they can make it work for them. And, uh, you know, good on Taweta Cabalo. If he feels Australian, um, that's great. Of course, I suppose the exception to this is you kind of expect these players to be playing in the country that they're switching to or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but you know, good on him. If he feels Australian and he wants to play for Australia, get in there, mate, use
1: the rule and uh, play some test footy. Yeah, it's interesting that actually, because there was a Matt Gitto rule that said you had to uh, at least play some football, I think, in Australia at some point, I'm pretty sure, and he wouldn't have qualified on that basis. Um, in, in terms of uh, what you're expecting out of today um, uh, Hamish Bidwell, um, All Blacks naming their test squad for the weekend what are you What are you surmising might come now from the uh, now confirmed coach, uh, Ian Foster?
0: I just want to quickly highlight a couple of other things. Irene Van Dyke transferring from so they were to New Zealand was great for international netball, and we've got people yes. like Michael Rippon and Logan Bambi who played for the for the Dutch against New Zealand not long ago. They're in the New Zealand A squad. So things are loose, let's put it that way, in terms of international eligibility. Um, the test team, I expect, much the same as last time. I think they'll believe they hit on a formula. I'm not 100% sure, and the difficulty is we're not really going to find out in the next few months because the calibre of opposition New Zealand's facing isn't high. Um, you know, a guy like Tyrell Lomax, there's always room for a Jeremy Coney who's better at international level and domestic level, but I've never seen anything from Tyrell Lomax to tell me that he's going to be a dominant international prop. Played well at Alice Park, but if I use him as an example, I'm not sure that really we answered a lot in that match, but I assume we'll go with the same, and I don't reckon it'll matter. And I'm not sure how enthused fans are at the moment, and I'll one of the reasons I think that is, is because you need consequence, especially in our business we get uh, quite wrapped up in what does it all mean, you know, what, yes you've played well or yes you've played badly, but what does it all mean? Well, in, in retaining the imposter as All Blacks coach, we've, just, we've decided that it actually means nothing, that these games are friendly, that if the team tells us they're happy with the coach or the team tells us that despite their losses, everything's fine, they're learning and they're working hard, then... You know, nothing's going to change. And it takes a bit of the edge off Test Match Rugby for me if we're actually going to have to play games that don't have any consequences.
1: OK. Uh, Ross, um, what are you expecting in terms of um, this particular Test Match? Uh, status quo now that we've found the winning formula or a bit of experimentation?
2: I, I think status quo for this Test Match because I don't think he's off the hook yet. Quite simply, you know, that's just one win and there needs to be some some solid consistency for a period of time. He's found himself a winning formula. He needs to make sure he doesn't have another first in losing to Argentina at home. So he needs to follow through with the team and a similar game plan to what worked against South Africa. Now, we saw that uh, the Argentine attack um, used a lot of high balls. They really uh, made Australia look silly with it. So in that way, the way that they use the escorts to protect the back three and they cause problems at ruck time to make sure it was hard for them to get a, a really good kick away from the base against South Africa, those things will have to continue. So I feel like that will. this week is a week to consolidate, and maybe in the coming weeks we'll start seeing some of the players who we haven't seen yet, whether that's Hoskins or Tutu, Roger Tui, Bats, or Sheik, starting to get some game time, because I feel like the master plan probably was that those guys would have played more by now, but because things went so badly they had to keep them hidden away while they followed through with the, what they saw as the 80s. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine with the amount of pressure that's on to win um, in the home of Scott Robertson, I don't see them really um, taking the foot off the, the throttle and making too many changes.
1: Are you concerned, and uh, the last reports, uh, I believe this to be the case, this is not a sellout? I mean, they don't get much test rugby down there. This is the All Blacks, after all, Argentina. Um, okay, they might not be top of the tree, but they do have the, just gave the Wallabies one hell of a pasting, uh, and they have beaten us recently. So uh, are you a little surprised, Ross Carl, that this has not been a sellout done and dusted? Um, look, I'm not surprised because it's Christchurch. And you look at the
2: Crusaders over the years. They've struggled to get crowds there for semifinals, for finals. You know, they haven't necessarily sold out, whether that's the stadium or whether that's a general apathy for going out at night and watching the footy or, or, or whatever it is in Christchurch. Look, I, I think that's a challenge for the people of Christchurch to get out there and support this team because they've shown, really, that they haven't turned up in numbers en masse for the greatest provincial side um, possibly in the history of New Zealand rugby. So maybe they can go out and support the All Blacks this time
1: around. Uh, Hamish, do you think that's a, a, a backlash, a reaction, or a, a, just a casualness about the whole deal?
0: No, I think um, historically Argentina goes to New Plymouth, Nelson, Napier, uh, places like that where they, they you know, they, we don't expect them to draw a crowd. The fact that the Hawaris aren't in Super Rugby anymore is um, certainly... Um, severed our link a little bit to Argentine rugby and our knowledge of the players and interest in them. Um, I worked at the Preston Christchurch for a few years Ross is right, like that's are slightly different from your other provincial towns in that they do get a diet of decent rugby and they are some would say discerning, some would say complacent when it comes to super rugby They, they Ross says they only really turn up for the final, um, but that's because they get a diet of good rugby and they, they only want to see the best against the best and this isn't the best against the best, it's a an All Blacks team that's still slightly unpopular no matter what anyone wants to say about it and an Argentine team that people don't know. So I'm not remotely surprised. I don't think it's a backlash per se or any sort of pro-Robertson, anti-Foster carry-on or Mm -hmm. something of that nature. I just think that they are are used used to a diet of rugby unlike Napier and New Plymouth and Nelson who would be happy to take the Argentines and would probably sell out.
1: Okay, Hamish Bidwell uh, is with us this morning, and so is Ross Carl. We'll take a, a very quick break when we come back. We might talk a, a little bit of uh, cricket. Of course, the Black Caps naming their squad for the Chapel Hadley series this morning. We'll get some thoughts on that very shortly. And the panel this morning, uh, Hamish Bidwell and Ross Carl, and I thank you, both you guys for being uh, patient there. Uh, Hamish, if I could um, ask you about the naming of this uh, Black Cap squad for the Chapel Hadley uh, series coming up in cairns uh, starting uh, i think on the se- september the 6th so not that far away um interesting venue for a start but also what did you make of the squad
0: well it's largely the squad apart from Sony that played in the west indies which i was thrilled to watch because i'm i'm not a spark person so i was delighted to be able to watch the old sky after <laughs> a long period of not seeing them um I'm going to be to see what they do with Ben Sears if they were playing. We've had guys like Heath Davis and Carl Bolton with a bit of pace that were a bit raw, and we never really knew how to handle them. Adam Milne did have periods where he could play consistently. Lachie Ferguson's obviously a mainstay of that attack, but as we sort of prepare for life after Trey Bolt, who I have to say still a magnificent bowler, um, will they look to inject Sears? Um, I try not to get too wrapped up in one in one day cricket. Um, if, I know you have your Mount Rushmore that yeah, mm-hmm. you do on the If I have a route, rush, route, rush, Mount Rushmore, the most disappointing mm-hmm. slash permanently scarring sporting experience, it's, that three test series to Australia a couple of summers ago, that really knocked me around. And until New Zealand can compete against Australia in test cricket again, I'm, I'm going to feel that way. And I'm going to be there in 2067. That's the next crack we have at it. These games are fine. I'll be watching. but
1: it's not the same as test cricket. Totally uh, agree with you on the scarring that um, of all the series I've ever commentated on uh, around the world involving New Zealand, that one hurt me the most as well. I cut to the quick, I'll be fair, it's fair to say. Uh, Ross Cole, but it is good news because this ser- series is uh, on Sky. Uh, three matches in the Chapel Hadley series. Um, I think it'll be, even though it's midwinter with the All Blacks, etc., I think it'll be pretty well received and this is a strong-looking Black Caps unit.
2: It is a strong-looking Black Caps unit. Um, what they can do in the mixture in their attack, you know, the way that they go strong at the front, they've got really good closes in the batting. You know, I, I like um, I like having uh, Matt Henry back. You know, he's a he's a good addition to the team. Yeah, I, I think they're good. But when you look at that Aussie side, you can see why they've been so dominant against New Zealand over the last few years. I think they've won 15 of the last 21 days against us, and I mean, it's still a stacked side even without Pat Cummins. You know, having Adam Zamper back is great, but Finch, Warner, Smith, Lovis, Garkney, Maxwell, you know, we're talking about really strong players. So the Black Caps, I don't think you can see them as favourites of all of the Aussies at home, despite their good run in limited overs recently. I think it's really, it's, it's going to be tough for them to pick up that series.
1: Hamish, but bring up an interesting point, actually, um, around about test cricket. Hamish, if you now were either mentoring or you had a very talented son yourself or you're mentoring um, a kid in terms of, uh, and he had undoubted cricket ability, what would you say to him? I mean, I mean logically, you'd like him to play test cricket, etc. but is that the way of the future for these kids? No, my
0: father had a book. My father was a great blocker. He his minor association, cricketing, Canterbury Age Group Cricket, and he was a great blocker. He was a great blocker of the time. And he had a book by Peter May with a passage in there, a line in there, from Peter May, Great England Captain of the 1950s and 60s, um, which was, when in doubt, push out. And the uh, oh, lady Go forward, got a block. And, and I would have thought, the child's... Cricket hit, and they do hitting practice now, even as eight, nine, ten year olds. Um, they love them west side halfways, they learn to hit, they learn to clear the front leg and hit it over mid-on. Like real <laughs> one four districts that's whether you like it or you don't like it. That's where the money is that's the form of cricket we're going to get. It was interesting. I was listening to Graham Smith, the former South Africa captain on Sport England the other day and he was talking about the new 2020 league in South Africa, which he's commissioner of. And Ian Ward from Spire asked him, where do you see test cricket in 10 years' time? And Graham hard and wouldn't answer the question, because he knows the answer. He knows test cricket is dying or dead at that time. And he said, when he finally made an answer, that he really hoped that nations like West Indies, South Africa, New Zealand were supported so that they could continue to play test cricket, because he had fears that they won't.
1: Mm, I, I, I tend to agree, it's very scary the windows are closing, closing, closing and closing quite rapidly uh, just finally, uh, Ross Carl, uh, Wayne Smith just come through, Wayne Smith uh, has uh, named a, a multi changes uh, to his starting 15 for the second test against the Wallaroos, so uh, he's only got 7 starters from last week, so he's still, of course, is in ex- experimental mode, running out of times uh, to pick uh, his World Cup squad are you happy with what you're seeing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the structure that they're playing with now. You know, they seem to know where they're going and what they're doing. Their pod attacks for their attack, um, the tip passes, the things that are happening in and around that, that attacking structure looks far more professional. It looks like a lot of time has been spent, and it has, developing it with some top-notch people. You know, when you've got people like McCaw and Carter and Mia coming in to help out specialist positions, you know. <laughs> you've got Steve Hansen coming in. He's really pulling all of his pool of talent to come in and get this team to where it needs to be. And it's amazing. And, and by the sounds of it, um, the players are just lapping up all, all of the lessons that they're learning and you can see it on the field. Um, the next step for them, I think, is to get a really strong kicking game going. Um, it would be great to see that um, because that I think would change the way that they attack. But it's tremendous progress and I think Wayne Smith's right to have a good look, especially against Australia and other players. They've never lost to them. You know, it pretty much is a guaranteed win. So let's see who else can do some stuff within those structures that he's put in place.
1: Ross-Carl, thank you very much. Hamas Bidwell, and to you, thank you very much and uh, recover well from uh, the dreaded virus. I hope you're back on your feet and uh, back at the golf course soon, mate. Thank you very much for your time this morning. It is uh, 10.30 here on SENZ, and I think it's time we should have some news with Araha.